The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. Coverage of the world of comedy on The Sound of Young America is supported by Humber College, offering a two-year program dedicated to comedy. Students learn stand-up, improv, acting, and writing skills and perform in the heart of Toronto. At Humber, we make funny people funnier. More information at humbercomedy.com. I'm Jesse Thorne, live on tape from my house in Los Angeles. It's the Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. Welcome to the Sound of Young America's Best Comedy of the Year special. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. We've sifted through hundreds of stand-up comedy CDs and comedy sketches and comedy commentaries to bring you what we think was the best comedy of the year. We've got stand-up from Parks and Recreation's Aziz Ansari. We've got a lost sketch from MTV's The State. We've got the great Paul F. Tompkins coming up. All kinds of amazing stuff. The best comedy of the year. We thought we'd start this show with one of our favorite young comedians who released his first record in 2010. His name is Kyle Kinane. Like a lot of comics, it took him a long time to reach full-time professional stand-up comedian status. While he was climbing the ladder, he had a long series of difficult and unpleasant jobs. Let's go to a performance from his CD, Death of the Party. It's called I'll Be With You Tonight. First job I applied for in California, I moved here six years ago. First job I applied for was at a Nike town. Even <laughs> <laughs> walking in there with my little button-up shirt, I'm like, what am I doing here? I don't even like sports. The guy was like, what position you applied for at Nike town? Pff, I don't, mayor? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, what's open? I don't know what you... Like, this isn't an actual town. Like, That's perfect because I really don't have much political experience. <laughs> Everything I've done, I've done, like, it's just been warehouses and kitchens. I drove, I thought, I was like, what, well, you got to think about what you like to do and then look up jobs pertaining to that. So I thought, hey, Kyle, you like hiking once every six months. Maybe being a park ranger is something that would be right up your alley. So I looked at the website for park rangerisms, and they wanted some kind of, you know, college degree in botany or horticulture, also maybe some kind of public service or police experience. And so then I brought out my current resume, where I have uh, six years of unpaid art school and an expired forklift driver's license. <laughs> expired, not because I chose to let it lapse, but because I, uh, I actually crashed a forklift at my job. Those of you not familiar with the blue-collar sect of uh, the workforce out there, uh, electric forklifts... The more energy you give them through the gas pedal, the higher-pitched whirring sound they make. Not unlike that of a giant 9,000-pound theremin. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
what had happened one day at work is I had just about figured it at least a solid three quarters of Sloop John B. <laughs> and then I crashed into an entire pallet full of air conditioning units at the Sears distribution warehouse I worked at in Roselle, Illinois. And surprisingly enough, my employer decided to not renew my forklift license. They didn't fire me, though. They gave me a desk job, like when a cop shoots the wrong guy. <laughs> that one, I can't figure out that one for the life of me. For three years, for three years to support myself, I, uh, th what, what I did in Los Angeles, I, uh, I packaged and shipped gourmet cake decorations. That's what I did to feed myself. And uh, it didn't pay real well. So every day for lunch, I would eat gourmet cake decorations. <laughs> Remember being a little kid and they'd bring out the cake and it was all on fire and everything and you'd be all excited and yell out, I want that piece on the corner because it's got all the frosting and the flour and a little bit of Timmy's name and the gelatinous letters. I got to eat that every day. <laughs> It was not the ideal diet your eight-year-old mind would lead you to believe it was. <laughs> I packaged and shipped these things so well, they promoted me to selling gourmet cake decorations over the phone to strangers. <laughs> now, if anybody in here has ever been curious as to what it might be like to be a stripped bare toothless cog spinning freely and ineffectually in the working machine of society, might I offer selling cake decorations over the phone to strangers. I was the worst. I took no for an answer every time. How could you not? Hey, it's Kyle. You need cake decorations? No, I totally understand. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> Nobody needs this. I tried some even more useless. Shit. Hey, it's Kyle. You need cake decorations? No. Maybe dinosaur shampoos are what you're looking for. Maybe you got a filthy stegosaurus and your neighbor's been judging you. Three years, I just wanted one person to answer the phone like, "Thank God you called." <laughs> Oh, my God, I had made this whole cake. It has just been sitting here. Five more minutes, I was going to let the cat start licking on it. But then your angelic voice came over the airwaves. Kyle Kinane from his record, Death of the Party. You can find it online at astrecords.com. Paul F. Tompkins is one of the funniest people in America. And this bit is not strictly brand new to 2010. It is, however, from a record released this year. Sir, you have fooled me twice. It's one of my favorite stand-up bits basically ever. Let's go to the stage and Paul F. Tompkins. All right. How are we doing on time? We're doing not great on time, actually. We have... <laughs> Turns out, not so great. All right, I'm going to do this last bit that I have not done in quite a long time, so we will see if I get it right. <laughs> this could be like... <laughs> this could be...
This could be like visiting with an old friend and then discovering that we do not have a lot in common anymore. <laughs> and we run out of things to say to each other. And what's left is an uneasy silence. What's that? What did you say? I was not talking to the bottle that time. Snakes in a can. Snakes in a can? Yeah. I understand. That is, I have already... Hold, hold on. Did you not see me talking to this young lady? That is very rude. I, uh, that's already on, uh, on CD already. It's still funny. It is still funny. It is still funny. It's very, very funny. You know what? I'm going to do it. All right. Um, the other day, I went to... I don't know why this has to take place the other day. <laughs> I like to go... <laughs> this was... I'm going to say this was a week and a half ago. <laughs> I went into a novelty store because I am a fan of hilarity. And I noticed that they're still making the old gag peanut brittle can. You know, it's like, you think, you think it's peanut brittle, then you open up and then some snakes fly out. Then everybody has a great time. And I think this, the, probably the best time to get somebody with this gag was the 1800s. You know, before entertainment was invented. People used to sit around and stare at fire. And I noticed that they had updated the packaging on the can as if that was the problem with it. Like there was a meeting at the novelty company where the head of the company was like, gentlemen, get in here. Anyone care to explain this? This absurdly outdated-looking can of peanut brittle? Who would be fooled by this and even open the can so as to be startled by the fake snakes? Look, I'm mad enough that we had to stop putting real snakes in these cans. But this is beyond the pale, gentlemen. What am I paying you for? I want five modern fonts on my desk by five o'clock. Five by five. And they did it. They gave it a nice new current look. So now if someone were to come up to me and say, hey, Paul, would you like some of this canned peanut brittle? I would, of course, say, well, why wouldn't I? Canned peanut brittle is my favorite snack in all the world. I love eating canned peanut brittle. I don't know if it's because it's in a can that makes it so good or just because you just see it everywhere you go. It's such, it's such an easy snack to get a hold of, canned peanut brittle. 
whether you're at the art museum or the gas station, you can always get yourself a can of peanut brittle. Oh, many of the time I will do my weekly grocery shopping and find myself in the brittle aisle. I head straight to Peanut. Do they have it in cans? They do. I'll take a case, please. I mean, I can barely open my front door with all the empty peanut brittle cans lying around. People think I work for the company or something. That's how much canned peanut brittle I eat. So when you say to me, Paul, would you like some canned peanut brittle? I have no reason to be suspicious. I don't even know why I said that. What am I doing bringing suspicion into this? You are nice enough to offer me some canned peanut brittle. We have already established how common it is. And then I bring the element of mistrust in here somewhere? Shame on me. And let me say, if your offer is still good, despite our recent unpleasantness, I would very much like to accept your generous offer of some canned peanut brittle, the most common snack on God's green earth. No, 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 no. I will open the can. It's the least I can do to make up for my boorish behavior. Here we go. Getting ready to enjoy... Some canned peanut brittle, a snack that might as well be water for how plentiful it is. Oh, it's a twist off. That's very convenient. All right. Did you see what just happened? Oh my god. No, I don't know where you got this can peanut brittle. Any number of thousands of places, I'm sure. But you have to go back there and tell whoever sold it to you, they must have got a bad batch from India or something. Because as I was getting ready to enjoy that canned peanut brittle, very common snack. What happened instead was two venomous cobras jumped out of the can. One of them, I'm pretty sure, tried to hook my eyeball with a fang, but he could not find purchase on my face. What did you just say? Metal springs encased in vinyl. (laughs) Sir, you have fooled me twice. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for me. Thank you very much for coming out. Thank you, guys. Paul F. Tompkins with a track from his CD, Sir, You Have Fooled Me Twice. 
You know, often the best comedy comes from a very sincere and deep place. And Karen Kilgariff is a wonderful example of that. She was featured on HBO's Mr. Show. She was the head writer of Ellen. She's been a stand-up comic. She was half of the cult guitar group Girls Guitar Club. But she's also had more than her fair share of difficulty in Hollywood. That's what this song is about. Let's go to my conversation with Karen Kilgariff. Karen, welcome to The Sound of Young America. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So you've brought a a song with you, and... As I understand it, this is um, this is almost an, an inspirational type of song. Yeah, inspirational kind of. Um, it's like a behind the scenes of life as a comedian, writer, hopeful in Los Angeles. I think you know it's kind of trying to show the kids out there maybe what it what it might be like to be here and the way it feels and the things that go through your mind as Rush did with the ba- that you know amazing ballad about the trees where showing the kids what it was like to be in an ancient forest with trees that are at war over the course of 10 to 15 minutes exactly yes taking their time and their drum solos to really show or as you know ELO let you feel what it felt like to do cocaine through your ear with right. music and keyboards it's all that same feel but me and just a guitar that I can't play that well Well, Karen, let's hear the song. All right. I want to win. I just want to win. I want to crush you till your windpipe caves in. And I want to be the prettiest person at Earth Cafe. And I hate Tina Fey. I know that's taboo, so if you don't like it, you can f*** you, cause I want her money, her glory, her baby, her job, and her dog. And if one more person tells me that I have to watch Modern Family, I am going to buy that gun. loved a boy he did not love me in retrospect i would have to agree but you can still bet the next one i met i put through the ringer yeah well that is the world and that's how it works every heart's broken so everyone's jerks and money don't change it drugs can't erase it you can't block it away And if one more person asks me what I have been working on lately, I don't think I'll ever stop crying. The hilarious Karen Kilgariff is a writer and stand-up comedian living in Los Angeles. More of the best comedy of the year, including Aziz Ansari, Nick Thune, The State, and others, when we come back on the Best Comedy of the Year special for MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. 
Welcome back to the Sound of Young America's annual Best Comedy of the Year special. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. Before we get to the rest of the show, let's go now to the news from the Casper Hauser Comedy Group. With your Casper Hauser News Update, I'm Richard Chlorfenaramine. And I'm Angelus Nashes. Well, it's official. Researchers say they've finally proven that mice who give 110% become winners and champions. Their brains also weigh more, are harder to slice, and taste better. And come this next Monday, Aretha Franklin won't just be the Queen of Soul, she'll also be the Queen of Belgium. That's right, the legendary singer is set to marry Erasme Louis Baron Soleil de Choki, this pinkster mondog. She will then be a powerful real queen who can do whatever she wants, including chopping people's heads off. Next up, do bees like what they do? We hope so, says bee scientist Niall Miller at Manchester University, but we just don't know. It's not that they're so difficult to study, he says. We're just not a good department. Somebody probably knows. And was Beethoven deaf? That the greatest composer of all time could have made such music without his hearing seems incredible. On the other hand, maybe he was deaf. And toothache turned to heartache for Compa County sculptor Jess Fagan on Friday. The 43-year-old artist started dating her psychic dentist after he filled a cavity in one of her incisors and told her she'd be a millionaire one day. On Tuesday, the self-proclaimed Novocaine Nostradamus said he decided to dump her due to boredom. And can money make you happy? The answer may not be so simple. A recent study found, among other things, that clowns living in extreme poverty were happier than wealthy war criminals in hiding. The study also found that money had very little effect on people's happiness if they didn't know that they had it. And our furry little friends may finally be getting some validation. It seems that owning a pet may have a positive effect on a person's mood. Having a dog or cat was associated with lower rates of depression in a recent study. Critics say, wait till they take a on your pillow. And deep-sea divers over the weekend got the surprise of their lives. They spotted a new species of fluorescent deep-sea fish, and when the excited divers brought the nearly sightless new variety of Pacific bristlemouth to the surface, the change in pressure caused it to explode and the divers then realized that their dune buggy and motorcycles, one with a sidecar, were missing. And finally, knock knock, who's there? Hobbit. The Hobbit who? The Hobbit movie. The Hobbit movie hoo-hoo. The Hobbit movie will be here soon. It's finally filming in New Zealand. Mm, look forward to that. I'm Richard Chlorfenaramine. And I'm Angelus Nashes. Good night. Casper Hauser are the authors of three books, the most recent of which are Weddings of the Times and Obama's Blackberry. You can find them online at casperhauser.com or check out their free comedy podcast on our website, MaximumFun.org. A couple of years ago, we did a live show in Chicago, and our stand-up comedy guest was a young man named Hannibal Burris. We could tell even then that he was on his way to stardom. He went on to get a job writing for Saturday Night Live, and he now writes for 30 Rock. He put out his first stand-up comedy record called My Name is Hannibal this year. Here's the title track. A quick warning, it does include some rough language. My name is Hannibal. That's my real name. I was named after a great general 
There was a military genius, but not too many people know about that, so I'm forever associated with Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> and Silence of the Lambs. It's not even a real dude. Why can't I be Hannibal from the A-Team sometimes? <laughs> he was cool. He hung out with Mr. T. They went on missions and shit. <laughs> All the time I have to have the same conversation with people about my name. So your real name is Hannibal? Yeah, my real name is Hannibal. Like your parents named you Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, my parents named me Hannibal. Hannibal is on your birth certificate. Yeah, Hannibal's on my birth certificate. I want to choke the shit out of you and see how you handle that situation. Like, man, are you choking the shit out of me right now? Yeah, I'm choking the shit out of you right now. Are you using your hands to apply force to my neck? Yeah, I'm using my hands to apply force to your neck. Are you trying to stop the circulation of blood and oxygen to my brain? I know y'all wondering, if I was choking the dude, why was he still talking regular? And that's just a choice I made for that bit. We'll deal with it. Women get scared when I introduce myself, like Hannibal Lecter. No. Are you gonna eat me? Uh, no, uh, maybe, uh, no. So I had to make my name sexy. I gave it an apostrophe and a French accent. Is your name Hannibal? No, it's not Hannibal. It's her, Annie Bell. <laughs> her, Annie Bell. Now let's go drink wine and look at art. <laughs> that's why I go when I want free wine. Art gallery openings is amazing. I want to thank all the artists for having your gallery openings and help support my alcohol habit. I'm in that line like I care about the art, man. Your color schemes are excellent. Your attention to detail is second to none. Can I get another glass of Merlot, please? Appreciate it, man. You're the next Picasso. Or whoever your favorite artist is, you're the next that guy. Yeah, my top three artists is Picasso, the dude that painted the dogs playing poker. And then you're third. <laughs> Where's a good liquor at? Stop holding that. I think drunk drivers should stop hitting <laughs> Because they messing it up for all the good drunk drivers. <laughs> that don't smash in the telephone pole. You ever been so drunk and about to drive, you surprised that your passengers still get in the car with you? <laughs> like, damn, y'all must really need a ride, huh? You ain't got no cab money, no bus fare, nothing. What are you doing with your life? You must not value your safety at all. Whatever, give me some of that burrito and let's run. My favorite drink is the Flaming Dr. Pepper. That's an amazing drink. I'll tell you what it is. You take a glass of beer, a shot of Amaretto, you take a cap full of Bacardi 151, you pour that cap full in the Amaretto, light it on fire, drop it in the beer, chug it, and it tastes Exactly like Dr. Pepper, this is magical. <laughs> Three different liquors and it tastes like Dr. Pepper. That shows you how dedicated the guy was that invented that drink. <laughs> he said, man, I want to get messed up. 
but only if it tastes like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> you know how many failed combinations this dude had to go through? That didn't happen on the first try. It took dedication, experimentation, patience. Vodka, gin, grenadine. Damn it! I'm trying scotch. And vodka again. And a beer. Honey, you should come up for dinner. No, I'm working on something. What are you working on? I'm working on this magical drink that has three different liquors and it tastes like Dr. Pepper and it involves fire. <laughs> that even makes sense. Yes, it does make sense. And I'm gonna divorce you when I got all this flaming Dr. Pepper money. <laughs> you unsupportive <laughs> You never backed up my dreams. Hannibal Burris from his new album, My Name is Hannibal. This is the best comedy of the year special, but this piece wasn't exactly recorded this year. In fact, it was recorded more than 10 years ago, almost 15 years ago now. The state had a cult comedy series on MTV, but they left cable to go to broadcast. They thought they'd record their own album and make a new show for CBS. The CBS show, though, didn't make it past a single episode, and the album was never released until this year. So, here's a sketch from the state's hilarious Comedy for Gracious Living album called Jailbreak. Okay, tonight's the night, fellas. Tonight, we're busting free of this dump! If they haven't built a jail cell yet that could hold a one-eyed Jackson, and if it hadn't escaped last year, he'd tell you the same thing himself. But now it's our turn! Tonight we'll be free! Yeah, we're free! Quiet down in there, you damn convicts! Right. Does everybody know the plan? Yeah, Yeah, man. Yeah, we hit the guard over the head, then run like hell. That's right. Now, all we have to do is lure the guard over here. How are we going to do it? Is she magnetic? I don't think so. Because if she was magnetic, we could make her come over here with a magnet. He's right. I don't think she's magnetic. Do you know for a fact one way or the other? Well, we don't know if she's not magnetic, right, man? I mean, for all we know, she could be highly magnetic. That's right. If only there was some way to determine if or not the guard was magnetic. I got it. Does anybody here have iron shavings? We could throw them at her, and if they stick, we'll know she's magnetic. I've got some iron shavings, but I keep them in a honey jar, so they'd probably stick to her even if she wasn't magnetic. It's too risky. There's got to be a better way. Wait, what if one of us had a seizure? Hey, that's a great idea. When it comes to busting out of jail, nothing works like a seizure. When she comes to help the person who's having the seizure, we hit her over the head, and then we run like hell. Okay, everybody, try to have a seizure. Anybody feel a seizure coming on? I've got a head rush. There's got to be a better way to induce seizure, but what is it? We could eat bad fish. Eating bad fish would probably give someone a seizure. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Who's got some bad fish? I had some, but I threw it away. Why did you throw it away? Well, it was bad. It's a small cell. How's I supposed to know? I know. I'll make like I see Chubby Checker. And when she comes to get his autograph, we'll hit her over the head and then run like hell. That's a great idea. Uh, Hey, look, everybody. It's Chubby Checker. Whoa, 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 man. How do we know she likes Chubby Checker? Everybody likes Chubby Checker, right? Okay, everybody, hands up. How many people like Chubby Checker? 
I do. I think he's all right. I, I uh, like the guy. Well, do you like him or don't you? Well, I just don't feel like I know his music well enough to say. Not as many people like Chubby Checker as I originally thought. That's a real setback. Lights out! Now what are we supposed to do? She's never going to come over here in the dark. She will if she gets lost. You know, it's these kinds of situations that make me appreciate that old maxim. Intimacy only happens in moments. But if you're not there when it happens, you weren't there to begin with. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. What do you say we all turn in, and in the morning, we'll get the guard over here, hit her in the head, and then run like hell? Yeah, okay. Uh, excuse me, boys, mind if I come in? Uh, oh, come on, hello. Hey, man. Thank you. I was just... Wanted to be sure you were all tucked in for the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. yeah, I feel very nice and I'm good. I'm doing good. Oh, look, a hairbrush. I'm going to bend down and get it. That's a nice hairbrush. Night, boys. All right. Good night. Good night. Night, man. Why didn't you hit her in the head? I forgot the plan. Okay, 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 the plan needs work. But tomorrow night, boys, we bust loose. Yeah. Yeah. Get down, boys. All right. Good night, boys. Tomorrow we're gonna be free. Oh, the hell with it, man. I'm going to sleep. Night, Mad Dog. I love you. Hey, Cheryl, you wanna come in the cell? We're telling ghost stories. Okay. Yeah. I heard a good one. It's this lady, and she has a handkerchief around her neck. Oh, stop! Oh, no. I can't take it. I can't take it. Legendary sketch comics, the state from their long-lost album, Comedy for Gracious Living. Another young breakout comic that was a guest on The Sound of Young America this year is Nick Thune. He's been burning it up all over the country. He was even a correspondent on the short-lived Jay Leno show. Let's go to some stand-up from the very skinny Nick Thune. Let me tell you right now, I know you guys look at me and you think, all right, he's an athlete, right? <laughs> and the thing is, is I get it all the time. And I'm wearing eight pairs of pants right now. You know what I mean? Like, I... I, I'm not athletic at all, but I respect athleticism. And I think one of the most important things that, an, that anybody could ever do is a backflip. You know, I mean, it's so athletic. It's beautiful. It's, it's like watching, you know, birds have sex or something. It's like insane. How do they do that? Why? Are they flying still? And, and this guy, some guys just jump up and they flip their whole body over and land back on their feet. I don't even understand it. It doesn't make sense. It's a miracle. You know? So, anyways, that's all I have to say about backflips, but I just think backflips are incredible, you know, and judge me for it if you want. But I have ideal situation fantasies, is what I call them, and I just fantasize about myself being in the most ideal situation possible. And you guys would be blown away by some of the stuff I've done in these situations, because I just allow myself to succeed, you know? I mean, and I just, I'm a hero, like, all the time. You guys would be blown, I mean, crazy stuff. Anyways... This is something that happened to me recently when I was at the bank, and uh, I just wanted to share it with you guys. I was at the bank, and it was pretty crowded. It was like standing room only. The fire marshal had come in and said, we're at maximum capacity in this bank and we can't let one more person in. I'd been waiting 45 minutes in line just to make a deposit. And when I finally got up to the teller, I was right. She was a C-cup. I'm talking to C-cup 
having the time of my life. I'm, in, I'm opening up a second savings account. I even have money in my first savings account. I just want to talk to her. And while her and I are talking, and all these people are waiting in line, looking for pens, this guy walks into the bank, a normal-looking guy, you know? He's got a baby cradled up in his left arm, probably two months old. He's got a handgun in his right hand. And this guy jumps up on a table and disrupts everybody's business in that whole bank. And he screams out, I will shoot this baby in the face right now unless someone in this bank does a backflip. You guys, people are freaking out because nobody in this bank can do a backflip and everybody knows it. C-Cup is bouncing all over the place. I gotta calm her down and say, don't press the button. Don't press the red button. I've seen every movie. I know what you're going to press. This guy doesn't want any money. He just wants to see a backflip. Just give me two minutes. She said, are you going to come back? I said, yeah, I'm coming back. I walked across the bank. It was like a Red Sea sort of situation. Everybody was getting out of my way. You know, I got up to this guy, and right away, a circle formed around us like we were at a dance club or something. People want to see a backflip. And I said, hey, I'm sorry to hear what you said. I was talking to my lady friend over there at lane three. He said, I'm probably going to shoot this kid in the face, you know, unless someone does a backflip. I wish it couldn't be this way. I looked over to my right. Cuba Gooding Jr. was standing there. I looked around the circle. All my ex-girlfriends were there. All my teachers. And I looked back at him. I said, all right, here's your backflip. I jumped up. I don't know what I was doing. I just started leaning back. Next thing you know, I landed on my feet. Everybody sits down. They stand back up. That's a standing ovation. And as I'm walking out of the bank with Cuba for a late lunch, C-Cup comes running up to me. She says, Mr. Thune. We just caught that whole backflip on video. My dad works at YouTube. Do you mind if we put it on the web? We can probably get it on the front page. I said, no, I can't, I can't sign off on that. I can't let Nick Jr. be seen on the web before he's ready. This other girl came running up. She said, Nick, I just caught what you just said on video. Do you mind if I post that on like some dating website? I said, yeah, you can post that video. And then post that backflip video as a response video to that video. Nick Thune from his comedy album, Thick Noon. We've got more of the best comedy of the year coming up on the Sound of Young America's Best Comedy of the Year special from MaximumFun.org and PRI. Public Radio International.
Welcome back to the Best Comedy of the Year special from The Sound of Young America, MaximumFun.org, and PRI, Public Radio International. I'm Jesse Thorne. Sound of Young America contributor Simon Rich is a writer for Saturday Night Live and a regular contributor to The New Yorker's Shouts and Murmurs. He found himself wondering recently what the real conversation was like between God and Moses on Mount Sinai. Here's the result performed by Paul Shear and Seth Morris. Are you ready to write down my commandments, Moses? Yes, my lord. Then let us begin. Commandment one, I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Commandment two, thou shalt have no idols except for Prince. Commandment three. Wait, wait a minute. Who is Prince? He's a musician. You haven't heard of him. He won't be born for thousands of years. Is he... A god? Well, technically, no. But if the humans choose to worship him, I'll understand. Commandment three... Okay, wait, God, are you sure you want to make such a large exception? Listen, Moses, you've never seen Prince perform. You're just going to have to trust me on this one. I just don't understand how a mortal could be worthy of such adulation. Moses, let me explain something to you. After selling 40 million records, this man is going to change his name to an unpronounceable symbol which is almost impossible to draw. Then, he will build a guitar that is shaped like that symbol and refuse to play anything else. Jeez, I assume that will alienate his fans and end his career. No, Moses. His popularity will continue to increase, even though his listeners have no idea what to call him. By the year 2000, humans will refer to him simply as... The artist. Wow. Can he dance? (laughs) Moses, listen to me. I wish I'd never seen Prince dance, just so I could relive the experience of seeing him in action for the first time. Are his songs religious? No, they're profane and blasphemous. But it doesn't matter. When Let's Go Crazy comes on the radio, something happens. And that's it. I have to dance. Okay, I understand this man is talented, but what if people go too far? I mean, what if they build a statue of him and worship it? You mean like this? What is that? What are you holding? It's a Prince action figure. Look, when you press this button, he does a spin move. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but how come he's holding a horn? I thought you said he was a guitarist. Those are just two of the many instruments Prince plays. How many can he play? Guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, seven? Higher. Nine. He plays 25 instruments, Moses. Wow. That's incredible. He also designs all his costumes and comes up with the concepts for his makeup. I don't understand. If he's so successful, why can't he get other people to do those things? Because he wants to retain full creative control over every aspect of his art. Wow. Wait a minute, Moses. I just thought of something. We can't write the word Prince on the tablets. It might offend him after he changes his name to the symbol. I I could try to draw the symbol. No. It's too risky. You might mess it up and upset the artist. Let's just say no idols. When the people see Prince, they'll know what to do.
God and Moses by Simon Rich, featuring Paul Shear and Seth Morris. You can catch Seth Morris on FunnyOrDie.com, where he is a writer and performer, and Paul Shear on FX's The League. Speaking of The New Yorker, another recent Sound of Young America guest, Aziz Ansari, was the subject of a large profile in that magazine just a few weeks ago. Let's hear him talking about harassing his cousin Harris from his new stand-up record, Intimate Moments for a Sensual Evening. I found Harris to be most entertaining to me when he's really angry at me, and I found the quickest way to get him angry is to f*** with him on Facebook. He does not like it. He's got his little updates meticulously planned, like, Harris just became a big fan of Will Smith. And I'll write up there, f*** Will Smith. And he'll be like, why did you do that? And so one time I noticed he was posting a lot on a study group for his world history class. And I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll join the study group. I'll write all this dumb shit on there. Harris will get really and it'll be awesome. And that's exactly how that went down. As soon as I started posting, I started getting all these like angry IMs from Harris. He's like, hey man, you need to get off the boards. And I was like, why? He's like, the admins are getting on my case. And he posts this conversation he had with the admin where the admin's like, hey Harris, who's Aziz? He's like, my cousin, why do you ask? He goes, he's posting on AP World Wall. Do you know what period he has AP World? And Harris writes in all caps, no, you gotta boot him now! With like 30 O's, 30 W's, and 50 exclamation points. And other people are starting to get suspicious of my presence on the board as well. Maybe because I'm supposed to be in the ninth grade and I have a full beard. But I'm trying to act like I belong, right? That I'm in the class and I know what's up. So there was like a controversy about this one quiz question. I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll go independently do some research and I'll post my findings on the board. They'll think I'm smart and that I belong in the class. So the next post I wrote was, guys, I've been doing some research. I think the views on salvation and Buddhism and Christianity are far from similar. In Buddhism, salvation is something one can only achieve through the Noble Eightfold Path, whereas in Christianity, salvation is given to all those who accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Quote, for whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. I hate to say it, guys, but our teacher, Mr. Edelstein, is right. Bam! And then I waited like two minutes, and then I wrote this. Guys, I just got an email from Mr. Edelstein. He read what I wrote here and gave me an extra point on the quiz. He said I showed initiative and critical thinking skills. What a cool guy. And then this kid replied, what? And then at this point, Harris got furious. He's like, I don't know if you should have wrote that last ball post disease. And I was like, why? He goes, what do people go in tomorrow and say, hey, Edelstein, I heard you gave Aziz an extra point on the quiz. Can I get an extra point back too? Because I put the same thing he did. And he'll be like, I don't teach Aziz. That person doesn't exist. I was like, F- you, Harris, I do exist. And then he starts attacking me publicly on the boards. He writes in all caps, Aziz, get out of this group. With like a bunch of exclamation points and then emoticons are like, ah, rah, 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 rah. and I was like, what's that supposed to be, Harris? You eating Cinnabon all day? And then I start mounting my offensive. I start poking him like crazy. I start sending him vampire requests, whatever the f*** that is. He's like, I don't know what's going on. And then he writes up there, he goes, hey, everyone, if I were you, I wouldn't go to Edelstein and ask for points back on that question. I'm positive you won't get the points back. And I write, no, guys, I just talked to Edelstein again. You'll definitely get the points back. 
Just mention my name and the fact that I exist. <laughs> you, Harris. And then... And then this kid writes, you're not even in this class. You're the guy from that TV show. And some other kid writes, what TV show are you on? And I write, Gossip Girl. <laughs> and then I got kicked the f*** out. Aziz Ansari from his CD, Intimate Moments for a Sensual Evening. It's the best comedy of the year special for MaximumFun.org, The Sound of Young America, and PRI, Public Radio International. One of our favorite sketch comedy groups in the country is Elephant Larry in New York City. Here they are with a slightly skewed view of boot camp. All right, you maggots! Okay. I'm the drill sergeant here. Good Good morning, morning, drill sergeant. Good morning. Now, you guys are soldiers, and that's what I'm going to make out of you guys. Tip top. Yes, Yes, drill sergeant. Good. No, wait, louder. Yes, Yes, drill sergeant. Good answer. Um, March and step. Yeah. Two... Three, four, five... No, I started on two. York can start over. I am Ken... No, 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 that's enough. All right, you pukes. Punks. Now, some people say I do not have a lot of confidence. I'm not the greatest at thinking on my feet, but I am still your drill sergeant, and that means you cannot disrespect me. Isn't that right? No. Yes, no. drill sergeant. No, drill no, no, no. Okay, okay. That's my fault for giving you a two-part question where I was expecting two different responses. <laughs> you think this is funny, sir? No, sir. Did I just call you sir? Yes, sir. That's ridiculous, sir. Yes, sir. So you do think this is funny? No, sir. Tell me the truth, Mr. Man. I think I appreciate a little honesty. Y- yes, sir. I do think it's funny. Good. Now I'm going to show you something. Oh my god, I said something. Yes, yes drill not yet, not yet. No. The thing that I am not the leadership type. Yes, yes drill sergeant. I'm more of a. My mind is. I can tell you how operational commands cannot be seated for the purpose of the doctrine of command responsibility and how failure to supervise subordinates or non-assertive orders does not exonerate the commander. That's pretty impressive. But I can't tell you how to relate to that information. You know, you have to meet me halfway or we're going to be in a pot of stew, of a trouble. Hey, just take it easy. I am. I can go and you can follow me, but is that the best? Yes. Best idea, I mean? Permission to speak freely, sir. Permission accepted, Joe Sergeant. Yeah, sir, listen, we we want you to be more confident. Yeah? Yeah, just say whatever comes into your head, but do it with confidence and we'll do it. I can? Are you asking us or telling us, sir? I can! Yeah! Yeah. That's enough out of your yapping holes! Yes, Yes, drill sergeant! Now you want to do 50 exercise because I'm telling you to want to! Go to it, or that's the end of the military. Yes, Yes, drill sergeant. One, two, three, four, five. 
I don't know, but I've been told. I don't know, but I've been told. The sketch group Elephant Larry are online at elephantlarry.com. An old friend of our show, Mike Furman, came out with a new record this year. He's best known as half of the comedy music duo Hard and Firm, but he released his first solo record, The Very Last Songs I Will Ever Record, Part 1. Here he is singing a beautiful breakup song, The Old Me. I'm glad we're moving on, that we've both gotten over it. Our breakup was pretty bad there for a while. I look back and feel stupid, it's stupid I was mad. I've been so juvenile, but now that's all over, and peace has been made. And there's just one little thing unsaid that needs to be said. So like... That time a guy drove by and threw a sandwich at your head That was me Last Thursday night when the nightclub said they lost your coat That was me Social security believes that you are dead Thanks to me When in the shower you found that tongue instead of soap Well, that was me That was me I feel really good, the truth is coming out, and I'm just glad we didn't let things go too far. I may have spent $591.18 ruining your life, but I can't afford to let our friendship fall apart. Thank God that's all over, the pain's at an end, and we can be happy as friends. I think enough time has passed that we can look back and laugh. I know I can. The last three chapters of all your books that were all torn out. That was me who signed you up for the Scientology mailing list. That was me. Somebody peed in your Brita. And that somebody was me. And who wrote that email virus hoping it would get to you? And I'll bet it did. That was me. That was me. Someone told you I was sorry In a note left on your door That, that was my roommate And because of that, he's no one's roommate anymore I think we've learned a lot from this God knows I have Cause I've learned how to sign your name and plug your drain and make it rain and plant drugs and drug your plants and shrink your pants post videos of you throwing up in your hands and i was responsible for the events of september 11th 2008 the year somebody stuck a banana in your grandma's tailpipe and when i say tailpipe i'm really sorry and that time you thought that there was just one more stare That was me And when that guy hit your new boyfriend with a bat That was not me But he did it on my behalf for a fee That filled in crossword That was me Your new car was dirty Someone wrote wash me on the hood with a key And shot your dog into space And that time you got drunk at the costume party And hooked up with a Japanese dude that never called you back Online message board Who 
Mike Furman from the very last songs I will ever record, part one. That's our time for our best comedy of the year special. I have been your host, Jesse Thorne. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our special episode was produced by Julia Smith and edited by Nick White. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org, where you can also get our free podcast. If you have thoughts about the show, you can email me at jesse at MaximumFun.org. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye. The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. Support for this program comes from this station and public radio international stations nationwide and is made possible in part by the PRI Program Fund, whose contributors include the Ford Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. PRI. Public Radio International.